today, not in the closet, but on my floor with my best friend, Amanda Corinne. Hello. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about, well, lots of things, I guess, but mainly painting um, and hair. Hair yeah. fairy. Um, so, hi. Hello. How and we doing? We're doing good today. Um, I actually have purple dye in my hair as we speak. We're yes. waiting for it to saturate into my hair follicles. Um, so, what was like your first art experience like uh, growing up? Um, I mean, honestly, probably like in school really is when I really got into art more than anything. Like my friend Audrey that I met in kindergarten actually is the one that really got me more interested in like doing it more and being more creative with it because of the type of art she did was so different compared to anything that I was used to seeing. And then like a lot of people in my family too do art as well, just not stuff that I'm used to. Yeah. Um, what kind of stuff did she make? I mean, when we were in elementary school, it was mostly like dog people. And it was quite hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. Okay, dog people. I mean, art has to start somewhere, right? And I feel like at, when you're younger, you kind of, like, unfilter your ideas. Like, you just make them, you know? Because yeah. you don't have, like, you don't necessarily care about what other people say in that younger age, you know? <laughs> I definitely feel like if I looked back on some of the art that my mom has from me being a kid, it would be like, what was I doing? I don't know. <laughs> I literally have, like, um, a painting that I have from kindergarten that's literally, like, a self-portrait of me with a little duck, and it's cute as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that, like, I have a lot of art from just, like, spread out from my childhood because, I don't know, I just enjoyed it. Did you have, like, an art class or a teacher or anything that, like, made an impact on you or your process? Or was it more of, like, your life experience and, like, your friends? Uh, more life experience and friends. Like, my art teachers weren't as, I don't know, more active in that way. Okay, so they weren't really active in the way of, like, really being one-on-one -on -one with a lot of people. Or maybe it was just me because I just wasn't super like connected with a lot of teachers or people in my life just because family aspects and I guess I had autism didn't really realize it and ADHD so it makes it a little bit different in how I perceive things growing up. Do you feel like it was a good outlet for you though for dealing with those things? Definitely just because like it wasn't always that great at home so it was like the only way I could really like express myself in a way that I wasn't put down in a different manner, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. So your main, well, I guess I got to go backwards here. <laughs> I know so much about you that yeah. it's like I have all this context <laughs> that people don't have. Um, so that channeled into like you doing hair. Was that also something that you liked to do growing up? Or did you kind of end up there because of like... How did that happen? <laughs> Friends, actually. Um, so, like, I used to dye my hair all the time just because, like, I was always looking for change in my hair because I always hated it growing up because I never knew what the fuck to do with it because it was just so wild and curly and crazy and I wasn't really how to talk and deal with it. So I just chopped it off, colored it all the time, like, trying to find myself, really. And then, like, I would do other people's hair and people were just like, oh, you're so good at it. You should do hair. And I'm like, 
sure, why not? So I went <laughs> to school for it, and it's just like, I got my license 2013, been doing it for a while now, but it's just, it's a really great creative, like, outlet, because it's just like, not only do I get to make, like, people have pretty hair, like, I get to make them feel good about themselves, too, because it's just like, people's hair really does make a difference in like how they feel about themselves and Mm -hmm. how they perceive themselves and it's like it's always nice when I can help someone feel better like giving them pretty hair compared to they were feeling yeah it's like a big part of someone's like identity uh, is your hair and it can change how a person looks so much too definitely Um, it's all about the shape and the color the you know everything there's so much behind it that it's not even funny of how it can affect the way you look do you have like a favorite um like hair project i guess you'd say that you've done before like is there one that stuck with you that you were like yeah i loved this this was really fun to do i mean i don't have like one in like in particular just because like i do so much like colorful hair with like all of my friends that we just get to play around with it so much that it's just like I love everything that we do so it's really hard to like just pick one yeah because I've been doing it for so long too that it's like that's a lot of years to pick through yeah (laughs) yeah for sure so then when did you start like painting more often oh man I mean like I started painting in high school really and then like when I moved out and lived on my own, like, as an adult, I started doing it a little bit more. And then I kind of had lulls of depression and everything else where I didn't do it. And then more often, I guess, after I had kids, when I have time anyways, when yeah. I'm not taking all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it probably helps that, like, your kids are into that, too, and, like, want to have a creative outlet. So it's kind of like, I don't know, you get to see the world through different eyes, Exactly. Like, yeah. it's really fun because, like, both of the kids love art just as much as I do. So it's just like, oh, let me paint with you. Let me color with you. Like, can I help, too? And it's just like, I love it. But sometimes when I'm working on something, it's really hard to, like, focus on what I'm working on because of them wanting to do it, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have to have, like, separate times of, like, this is my fun. I don't really care what happens. And this is like my, I'm actually doing something for myself and like can get in my real creative flow type of thing. So tell us about your process. Like what is a painting project look like for you? Well, nine times out of 10, I am high as fuck. I'm going to be honest about that. Um, (laughs) But I usually start with a color palette. Like I don't ever have like an idea in mind of what I'm really going to like paint. Um, so I usually just like to get stoned, pick a color palette and then just like paint like a gradient background and just kind of go from there and like see where it takes me. And like I'll listen to music usually too. And that just kind of helps like bring it somewhere else sometimes. Like it starts one way and half the time it never ends up exactly how you think it is. It's just a journey from when you start to where you end up. I know. Does your, you feel like your mood affects what you make too. I feel like that's kind of like obvious per se but maybe not right like everyone functions a little bit differently I mean definitely like I feel like when I'm a lot like in a better headspace like I use more like brighter like pinks and like blues and purples and like all those and then when I'm like not in as good of a headspace I'll lose like more darker tones with like the reds and like the dark and the black and everything else like I can definitely tell when I'm in a different headspace and definitely the paintings usually kind (laughs) of can tell too 
especially what I portray in them. You usually use acrylic paint, right? Yeah, that and glitter paint. Mm, yeah. Glitter in, <laughs> glitter in everything and then also uh, glow in the dark paint. That's like the anthem, I feel like. <laughs> glitter in everything. Please, thank you. That's what we want. Um, Sparkles for life because it needs to be shiny. <laughs> sparkle always. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of fun. Like, um, what do you feel like? Because I know when you deal with mental health problems, like you, the general you, me too. Because like right now I'm in a rut yeah. and I haven't made anything. I mean, we've done pictures. I feel like that's a little more autopilot for me yeah. at this point because I'm a little more just like practiced from school. Mm. But like I haven't really had inspiration recently. And so what do you is there a way that you can combat that when you get into that place? Or do you like, just like to ride the wave and like wait for it to come back? Um, it's, it really kind of depends. Like it depends on the wave that I'm kind of on. Sometimes I'll just ride the wave and let it just come back. Or sometimes I'll just end up like surrounding myself with people that are like really creative. Cause like, thankfully I'm surrounded by super creative, wonderful fucking people in my life mm -hmm. that like just really help fuel that creativity. And it like, it really helps kind of reset and like get me back in that balance because sometimes I self isolate when I don't need to, when yeah. I'm dealing with shit. Cause it's so much easier than actually going out and like dealing with people. But I've realized that if I actually go out and deal with people, their energy really helps, like, get me back into that state of where I want to be mentally and, like, physically. Yeah, that's, really like, helps. the meetups for me. Yeah. Like, our photo meetups, I feel like. When I see other people taking pictures or having ideas mm -hmm. about things or, like, being excited, it makes me excited. And then I want to try those things or, yes. like, try something new. Yeah. I love the meetups. Like, I wish we sometimes did them more often because it's just nice to, like, get everyone together and, like, see how everybody's creativity, like, flows and where it goes, like, based on, like, the ideas that we've, like, put there and then see where they go from them. And it's really cool to see. It's a nice creative outlet. And, yeah. like, having a creative community, for me, I feel like is important, like, because mm -hmm. I do get a lot of inspiration from it. Um, it's interesting to, as I talk to more people to see that, like, I feel like that is important for a lot of artists is like, even if it's just like getting out of your own head for a second and mm. like seeing someone else, even if it's like, I wouldn't do that ever, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. I still like that's still inspiration, right? Cause you're like, okay, now I know what not to do. Yeah. And I didn't much. have to do it myself. Exactly. I just saw someone else do it. I mean, that's kind of the joy, too. It's just, like, you get to learn so much from other people, and it's just, like, it's nice being able to see things in a different perspective sometimes and just help get you out of that little funky bubble. It's good. <laughs> um, I want to circle back to hair really quick because there was a question I asked last week with Shannon where I was, like, what do you wish, like, more people understood about, like, what goes in to mm. tattooing and I mm. felt like she had a lot like good answer because people don't think that far into it and I feel mm. like that's true of every creative medium mm -hmm. that someone's not super into and so I'm curious like what's something that you wish more people understood about hair oh there's so much more science behind it than people fucking realize <laughs> like hair is so much chemistry and like the color wheel and all these other things like if you're not honest about like what you've done to your hair, what you've put into your hair, you could fry your hair off in an instant, putting the wrong product in it. Like, if you're not honest about, like, 
even the shampoos and conditioners that you use because of the silicone and everything that's in them can actually damage your hair and like make it so if you're trying to color it and do all these other processes to it it's not going to get the results that you want and you cannot get blonde overnight you're going to fry your damn hair off <laughs> it's just like you have to go through like all the colors and literally the color wheel and the rainbow to get it out of your hair if you have darker hair and most people don't want to like deal with that they want to just say, I want this now. This needs what I need. It's like, do you not realize how much it, you have to do to, like, safely get to where you want to be? Yeah. Like, someone with black hair can't just be bleach blonde in one day in a safe manner unless you want half your hair gone and Well, literally. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. uh, that was, like, um, something that I know it was, like, kind of a controversy with a Kim Kardashian, which, full disclosure, y'all, I love the Kardashians. ironically and unironically um (laughs) but i thought it was really interesting to see because she has her own hairstylist Mm -hmm. you know and excuse my dog sneezing um but when they did the whole maryland dress um which i loved but we're not even going to touch that topic um she had her hair blonde from being dark and the they showed some of the process in the show and you know he told her like you know a this will ruin your hair so she knew you know Mm -hmm. and she was like it doesn't have to be perfect just get me where you can go in this Mm -hmm. time frame and if it ruins my hair it ruins my hair you know of course they have resources to be able to make their shit look nice and get it done but i just thought it was kind of cool that they showed that it was like a this is not normal B, this is a hard process yeah. that will be, like, just a lot, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, um, it's, like, bleach is just, it's so damaging to the hair. Like, you can use Olaplex, you can use bond manipulators, you can do all those things in there, but it's just, like, it still causes damages to the hair no matter what you do. Like, when this is the way to kind of think about your hair. So, if you take your hair... And like a hair follicle hair, you know, your cuticle or whatever. So think of it kind of like a strainer. So the more chemicals that you put on it, the more you strip away, the more holes that's going to have. So like Mm. the more processed your hair is, that's why it's harder for the color to stay in. Like how when your hair is like super damaged at the ends, your color doesn't stay in and like, you know, it's over processed, whatever. It doesn't stay in because of the fact that you got all these holes in your cuticle because it's damaged beyond repair. Mm. So no matter what you do, there's nothing to fix that besides cutting it off or using products to seal it as a temporary fix until it grows out to cut mm. it off shorter. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, like, also with coloring, like you mentioned, you know, color theory that is, like, I feel like underrated again as a part of hair because even you like explaining to me when we were going from a certain color to another color Mm -hmm. about the steps in between because of how like they would cancel each other out if you just put one on top of the other yeah and like that's something i feel like you also wouldn't really think of because you think oh i'll just grab a box and just plop it on and then it turns out like I mean, how many YouTube videos exist of that, of people's hair turning, like, a way different color yeah. than they expected because, like... <laughs> They're not using the right colors. Like, um, I have plenty of friends that are, like, natural redheads. And, like, they try to go dark, like, you know, just put a dark brown or something like that. But half the people that put color in their hair or they get box dye, they're not getting, like, a green-based, you know, brown. They're getting, like, a just a regular brown. It's not going to cover your hair. You have too much red in your hair. So now you have a red brown, now you're not happy because it's not exactly what you want it to be. You have to cancel that red out to get you the color you want. Yeah. And most people just don't realize how much that you really have to do. And that's why even like getting people like that perfect white 
bleach blonde is so hard to do because so many people have still get those orange yellow tones in their hair and it's really hard to get them out unless you sometimes end up over processing the hair like some people's hair can't handle it some people's can some can't yeah so it's just but then that color theory whole concept also probably mm-hmm. helps in your art though right yeah like, it does it's helped as like you can mix your own colors like from personal experience you helped me in my color theory class yes. oh, bro, i was struggling in that class not only the fact that we had to use gouache which i think is how you actually say it yeah um which is a crazy medium if any of you guys have ever used it I, it grew on me but when you don't know how to use it it's very intimidating um but man when he was having me just like pick colors and then figure out how to make them i felt like a fish out of water (laughs) and like i know some stuff you know like it's not like i have never looked at a color wheel before but that was hard so i feel like that can give you a lot of like freedom and expression where you know that like you can make a color or colors or like what you envision in your head you can find a way to make it happen and exist on your canvas which is a really cool thing And it's fun, too. Like, I really like just putting colors together and figuring out, like, different tones and everything else that you can make with it. Because it's just, like, you could add, like, so many different colors to one and just get this vibrant, beautiful thing. And you're just like, how the fuck? (laughs) It doesn't even make sense. You added blue or this and this and this. It's like, how did it end up this pretty whatever? And it's just, it's, I don't know. I just like knowing how things work and finding out how they look. So it's fun to adventure with the colors and make some Especially with hair, too. I mean, like, especially with hair, like, color formulations. I mean, when I used to work in a salon, there was, like, this one person to get this, like, perfect strawberry, like, blonde hair. I had to use, like, a level 10, a level 8, a level 9, and, like, all this other stuff to get the perfect tone for exactly what she wanted. Even though that's, like, different steps on, like, the color, like, spectrum, more or less. It's just, it's wild. I sometimes do not miss having to do people's, like, normal hair all the time. Because it's just too much to think about half the time. It's like a science project every time someone sits down in your chair. And then you're starting from, like, square one. It is. You're, like, finding out their hair history. Mm -hmm. And then you're making sure that you're using the right stuff. And Mm -hmm. then you're making the colors for it. But first, before you can even do, like before you can even do the colors and stuff like that you literally have to analyze the hair and like look in it and see what the underlying tones are in the hair because if you figure out your underlying tones you'll know exactly the process that you really need to use to get the person's hair the way they need it to be so they're actually right because if you don't look at that you'll end up with someone that does not happy with their hair color because you didn't do it the right way because you didn't take into account hey what does their hair feel like because texture their density, their underlying hair, like, tones, all of that comes into play when coloring and, like, lifting and doing all that type of thing, and people don't realize that at all. And it takes a long time. It does. Like, especially in, like, a salon setting, like, you're going to be there at least a day. Six hours. Yeah. For, like, a basic, like, color, like, say, touch-up, that's, like, a four-hour block half the time that they do. I mean, in some of the salons that are just like a snip and go type thing and they don't actually do a full on service, you'll get out of there in like two hours if that. But for most color, it's uh, could be six hours up to 10, 12. I mean, it really depends on the process and how much hair you have. The more hair you have, the thicker it is, the longer it'll take, the more product you use. 
Like people don't realize the, how much product you really have to use for people's hair when they have so much of it. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't have like half of my hair gone, I would have to use so much stuff when I do my hair. It's not even funny. That's why I don't have it. Especially like, I guess it would matter to like you're saying like texture and all that, like curly mm-hmm. versus like straight, straighter mm-hmm. hair matters too. Right. And, and thin. And if it's thick, like the actual density of the hair itself, like if it's super fine, you can't use bleach on certain people's hair just because it'll just break it off and then you can't even use it. Like, you have to use, like, lower developers or, like, lower, like, um, type colors and everything like that that's not going to, like, damage their hair completely and break it all off because wow. it's too, you know, potent and it's too strong for their hair to actually handle it. So it'll just snap. Wow. So it's just... it. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare if that happened. Like, I could, I could see that just being, like, a... Mm, yeah. shock face moment like what just happened yeah it's like you gotta be very careful very 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 careful like people with really fine fine hair most of the time if they want to go lighter you have to use like high lift color instead of bleach because the bleach like will eat their hair like it's nothing but people do it anyways <laughs> you just gotta know how to do it without breaking it off half the time yeah low and slow <laughs> that that's the way to go people always want i want this now so i'm just gonna go with the higher developer it's like no you're literally destroying your hair doing that low and slow that's the way mm-hmm. to go <laughs> good and to not know. changing your hair every month yeah <laughs> <laughs> that there was an eye twitch there just for yeah. reference it <laughs> was um yeah yeah so and then also more recently um you've been doing modeling too as another creative outlet which that have you always done that or did that start like more around the time that we were doing like the meetups and things like that well like in high school and stuff I used to take pictures all the time with like my friends and like we kind of goof off and that kind of stuff but never anything like seriously but until I met you (laughs) you're the one that really got me into it like the photo shoot the the pink shoot like the first one Mm -hmm. that we did is really when I really started getting into it like I grew up watching America's Next Top Model, and it's, like, I've always, like, loved, like, the eccentric, like, styles and the everything and, like, the, I don't know, the fun of it of having someone do your hair and makeup and turn you into something completely different. But it's just, like, I have never fit into the standard, you know, back then of what models really looked like. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm thankful for today of how things really changed, so I don't feel as you know insecure about modeling at this point but it's yeah it's It's still we still have a ways to go in that regard but it's cool to see bigger companies Mm -hmm. and campaigns and things including everyone's body types because like no one's ever just gonna look the same exactly and like i think as a society we've realized that like each person's beauty is beautiful yes like and that's what matters but um what do you feel like modeling like does for you like creatively besides what you just said I know you kind of touched on that but I mean for me creatively it just it just makes me feel free I mean it really just makes me feel like who I am as a person like being able to really show it in a different way because I'm more expressive kind of like with my face and my eyes and I feel like I can Mm -hmm. really tell you something more by looking at you than sometimes saying things and I'm not always great with eye contact because eye contact with people sometimes is hard. Yeah. Um, I get super awkward with it and it just gets really uncomfortable. And yeah, 
But uh, so I feel like it's it's a lot easier to portray that like in pictures and like yeah. Everything I feel like else. that's normal too. I definitely yeah. find, especially if I'm talking about something a little more serious, I'll notice that my eyes will wander from eye contact to kind of somewhere else. Like yeah. even if it's not on purpose, it's kind of just like a natural reaction. I'll be like saying something and my eyes will float away, and then I'm like, oh wait, I'm looking at a tree. Hold on, I need to look back at the I person. Mean, like, ah, uh, the one shoot that we went over into Tampa and like you did those pictures with me and that one guy or whatever in the mm-hmm. bar and like you had us looking at each other. I was just like, God, I can't not look at this dude without almost <laughs> wanting to fucking laugh. Like, I don't know him and I'm having to look at him. Like, I love him and like we're yeah. interested in each other. I'm just like, I just want to laugh right now because I don't know you and this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think that you've like, found like your more confidence in going through modeling like have you gotten more comfortable I mean I feel like just getting more comfortable with like who I am and like not caring as much what other people think of me because it's just like I've always really kind of struggled with that all my life and it's just like we're all doing weird shit when we're modeling so why the hell does anybody care you know like what I'm doing too it's like if I look funny I look funny like but it looks good in the pictures like whatever so it's just like I feel like that's really helped and also doing like more things that I like that for myself too and not just what everybody else wants you know to Mm -hmm. do I feel like that's really helped for myself because I'm kind of like one of those nerdy people that want more like nerdy like fairy and Mm -hmm. like witchy stuff so it's like nice when I get to do more of those because you get to kind of like show your own interests and Mm. who you are as a person through also doing something creative like collaboratively with someone else I think it helps that like usually we're in like a safe space Mm -hmm. like an environment too like even with the meetups like yeah I've never really felt like people were being weird or like you know, putting yeah. us in a compromising position or Thankfully asking us not. to do things that we didn't want to do. It's kind of yeah. like, hey, you want to do this? And then we're like, yeah. Or we're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I then mean, that's that, you know. I think it's also the people that we've surrounded ourselves with because it's just like we do have a, like a good, great group of people that really come around us because of like the energy that we bring out to people. We I feel like we attract the people that aren't going to be the weirdos because... Mm-hmm. they were weirdos would be like bye-bye yeah we don't we don't want like that kind of energy like in our you know in our space with that kind of stuff and i feel like we're in a way that we're lucky yeah in that regard that we've yeah. been able to like cultivate a space with those kinds of people because it's really easy to forget being in that space that there are a lot of like dangerous or yes. weird people in the industry that yeah other people have experienced and like i feel glad that i've never been in that boat like right uh, especially because like now i feel like it's different like a lot of things are mm-hmm. but like for a while there i feel like it was kind of male dominated yeah and, especially with like, photographers yeah. and like making women kind of feel uncomfortable in situations because it's just like i've had like I mean, I don't even know if they were legitimate. Like, guys trying to say, I'm a male photographer. You want to come and, like, you know, photograph for me and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, like, then they would just try to get it inappropriate. It's like, no, you're not exactly what you say you are. And I'm not going to, like, put myself in a situation, like, that I can tell is already seems fishy just because people just want to be creeps. For sure. I feel like that's a good place to kind of point out, like... If people are interested in modeling, like, there are, like, red flags, you know? Like, you always want to 
ask people about their like portfolio, ask to see their work, you know, like make sure that they have things. I know it seems like kind of like, um, like obvious, but like make sure that their page has their work on it. Mm -hmm. Maybe look at the people they've tagged, ask them about their experience. Yeah. Does the person even have a creative idea. I've definitely been bad about that in the past just because of like lack of experience, I would say, where I would like message a model and be like, we should work together because I like their work mm-hmm. instead of just upfront being like, I have this concept. Mm-hmm. I like your work because of this. And I think together we can make this look cool. Yeah. You know, I feel like there are little things like that to just be aware of, you yeah. know, especially if you are newer to the industry, it's very easy to get taken advantage of. Especially if you want to, you know, go that route professionally or whatever, like just make sure that you're standing your ground and like take a friend with you, you know, like, Mm. uh, for example, if you're like, can my friend come? And they're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, that's like red flag. Like, no, your friend can come, dude. Your friend can come. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, please bring a friend. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I know like half the time when you're working with people, like I'm usually your photographer assistant. But even when I'm not, it's just like you like it's always a safe space and it's really hard to always find people that kind of give that vibe because it's just like I want to work with more people but sometimes I'm like vibes are off I'm not feeling it so it's just like finding those right people that I feel comfortable like photographing me as a model like I know sometimes we should go out of our comfort zone so you could get like different things and everything else but like if someone just gives me that juju and I don't feel good, I don't want them taking pictures of me because I will never be able to give them my best because I don't feel good in front of them. Yeah. Like, that's, like, my biggest thing of, especially where I'm at with, like, with my life. I don't want to be around bad juju. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trusting your gut is important in yeah. any of those situations. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all, all together, like, you've got many outlets of creation and like do you see yourself dabbling in like other things like is there anything you've always wanted to try I mean like I honestly just want to do more like creative different like weird shit with modeling and like photography like I um I want to maybe do like weird fashion shows and stuff like that but it's just like getting past my own anxiety and my own like issues and like my ADHD of like communicating with people all the time because I'm a very out of sight out of mind person and especially with kids sometimes it makes it really hard to like talk to people all the time or like plan things or want to make things work especially (laughs) with like you know the situation with their dad and everything else it just makes it a little bit more complicated to do more but I definitely want to explore more just need to meet more people and get out there more yeah well and it's cool you know that's like setting a good example for your kids too. like try different things and yeah. like you're also taking the lead to be like i am who i am and i'm cool with that and that's also a really great you know example to set for younger kids because kids are just so authentic to like who they are and they're such a when do we lose too. that that's a whole different episode i guess but like oh you know? man we can sit there and talk about parenthood and kids all day like i do you feel like they that being a parent also drives you more to like get out of your comfort zone? If I'm gonna be totally honest, if I didn't have my kids, I don't think I'd be where I'm at in my life because they're my main drive of doing better and being better as a person and as like a parent and as everything else. Because 
they give me more purpose than anything and they help really push my creativity in different ways to you know be bigger and be better yeah oh yeah. that's so sweet she's <laughs> tearing her <laughs> we're not on video so i have to narrate the things happening yeah. i'm glad they can't see that game <laughs> so um my the question that i like to ask at the end is like what's something that you wish for the creative like collective for the next year oh man just doing more just like kind of pushing my limits of what I'll try and like what you know I'm willing to like really do and explore especially with different mediums with photography modeling all of it I just want to do more yeah try more well, Definitely. thank you for talking to me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, you can find her at um, at Amanda Corinne on Instagram. Yes, and go check out her art and her modeling and even her hair stuff because yeah. she's got it all. I uh, hope you guys learned something new today. I always learn a lot when I listen to her talk about hair. <laughs> and we're gonna go wash out my hair dye now. Yes, we are. <laughs> See you guys in two weeks. Pasta, pasta.